<laughs> All right. That, and that we'll sigh. <laughs> uh, I have to talk to this kid uh, again. Well, I, I meant to sigh before, <laughs> after, but yeah. No, like, now okay. you got to keep it. I in. just ate. I just ate a big oh, meal. Oh, did you? Big breakfast. It is your morning. Good morning, sunshine. It is my morning. Yeah. I mean, my, and I usually, like I said, I usually eat one big meal a day. So I usually eat it in the morning. And so I'm really full for like four oh, hours. Oh, really? I, did, I didn't know you were a one meal guy. I am now just because of how I, my work schedule works and everything. Really? But, and I do it at uh, home. Okay. So you, really you're convenient. going to work 10 plus hours a day and no meal break or just snack break or what do you do? <laughs> I get I get a meal break. I, get, I usually eat quote unquote lunch usually around like you know nine p.m. ten p.m. because that's when things start to close and so we have to kind of eat a little early. So if yeah, you oh, I can I eat whenever you. I want. I've worked really flexible, uh-huh. but it's just like well, let me just eat this big thing and Same, don't have to nine p.m. ten p.m. a little early and that didn't register in my brain for a minute. I was like, well, oh, that doesn't make I mean, sense. early in my yeah, shift. Now I get you. Because shift. ideally, I'd eat my meal around midnight, like a lunch, uh-huh. kind of. But almost everything is closed by eleven, so we have to kind of. I could bring something, but that's boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who, who wants to put extra work into something you have to eat during exactly. the day? During Not the night. worth the time. Well, cool. Uh, yeah, man, it's good to be back. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got to say, uh, this is social biology. I'm your co-host, Jeremy. I'm Morgan. And yeah, we didn't have an episode yesterday or last week because we had a big storm in our area. I and mean, we don't live in hurricane country, but it sure felt like it. Oh my <laughs> that, gosh, that it day. was terrifying. Three trees down in my community. Oh yeah, yeah. Across the street, I had a neighbor who a tree kind of fell over their driveway and kind of into their home, um, which is really scary. Uh, but yeah, but I lost power for I think it was like 60 hours, which was the longest I've ever had without power. Yeah, mine was, was mine was out for two days-ish, more or less. My my dad, he, he lives down this long driveway on like the ridge of a, a creek that separates him from his backyard neighbors. Well, mm. his neighbor's power were out for about two days, but I guess he's on a different power line. His was out for over five days. Oh yeah, yeah. It, I don't get I don't get how that works because uh, yeah, across the street, I don't know if our neighbors had generators or something, but oh, there oh actually what I should say is there's a, a a property behind my apartment complex. It's right by where their parking is. And they had power like the same day. And we and so I was just looking at them, like their lights were on and everything, and I just thought, What is can't you just hook a wire from us to them? Like the right <laughs> next to us. Yeah. Like I could there I could reach out and touch them. And so it was kind of crazy how that works. Uh-huh. But. Did did you see people actually come out and work on power lines or you know, the grids are so big I have no idea where people are. Yeah. No, I didn't see anyone working on power lines. I saw a lot of people removing trees. Maybe that was part of it. That could uh-huh. have been part of the their service and everything. Yeah. But I think most of our power runs underground. And so it must have been some sort mm-hmm. of junction or some sort of above ground wire down the way or down the road that hit us. But Yeah. It was yeah. it was crazy. My my friend's house, their neighbor, the tree fell on their home and there's like oh, damage no. on their roof and stuff and Dude, that's it's, a nightmare. It's, it's unclear who's responsible and community insurance is claiming they're not covering it and oh my gosh, it's an it's it's crazy. I don't know. Natural disasters. Yeah, no. You know, you can't really call it a natural disaster, but when you go a few days without power, it, it feels like a yeah. disaster. No, for sure. Um, it, that's what I felt like. I'm like, wow, was, I, in the past, when the power has gone out, the longest I've ever had to deal with it was like a few hours, maybe. Like, that's uh-huh. just, I've never had it out where almost everything, luckily, I didn't have too much in my fridge and freezer, but if I did have a lot, it would have spoiled and that would have oh, been yeah. a terrible loss. Oh, yeah. It's funny because when I was going to university a few like a couple of years ago, I got into this weird prepper-ish kind of phase in my life. I was really wanting to be prepared for a natural disaster or something. And so I started buying like things that you could use for if the power went out for a long time. Uh-huh. And so I bought a solar panel, like a f- once full-size solar panel, and I bought like a little solar battery, like a thing that you just hooks up to it and charge and you know, takes a, uh-huh. it charges by the solar panel. And I didn't have the panel with me, but I had the big battery and it was charged like 80%. Uh-huh. 
And so for those two days, I was able to charge my phone exclusively using that like 10 times. I was using my phone for everything. I was Oh, well, that's cool. That that's, was really fun. That's thinking ahead. Yeah, it's it's a really cool thing. I would definitely recommend it. And I and then after I got my power back, I went down to my, my parents' home and I got my panel. And so now I have my panel here with me just in case I need it again for some weird reason. But yeah. it's it's enough to power lights. It's enough to power like a fan. It's not really enough to power like something that'll heat your home or cook anything, which is what I wanted. Those things are very expensive. They sell those, but they are very expensive. Uh-huh. Yeah. We we kind of just hung out at other people's houses that had power. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, yeah. That was yeah, the alternative. That was how we survived. Um but no, it's funny. In the the three years that I've lived here, we've only ever had uh, Comcast or Xfinity. It's you know, mm-hmm. th- there's no Google Fiber or any like fiber uh, optic internet out here. Yeah, it really sucks. And like, there's been two days where our internet goes down, and they say that like technicians aren't like the the whole entire area goes down. Oh. And those were like two of the worst days, separate occasions horrible 24 hours and then you know to have all the power go out that was just it's another experience man it was like freaking survivor like who are we gonna eat first (laughs) it was nuts and that was the thing like i understand i I can't understand i've never lived through a disaster kind of scenario like i haven't been in something like hurricane katrina or sandy or things like that yeah but i kind of like it gave me a little bit of a feel of what it would really be like. and Oh, it made me anxious. It it, it yeah. caused kind of a little panic seeing <laughs> some of the stuff going on outside. I can't imagine. I feel like we're, we're in a very low-risk zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. they, there are some things that could happen, but we won't experience a hurricane. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I was just even thinking, like, if the power grid as a whole went down, you know, like a solar flare oh, hits yeah. us and everything goes down for months... Like, you don't even realize how much you use power for. Like, imagine that you can't really store food that needs to be refrigerated. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, you can't really, you don't have heat in the wintertime. Like, it was also the in, in my our area that windstorm came with a really strong cold snap. Uh-huh. And they were setting up uh, these heating areas. Like, oh, if you don't have any heat and you're really cold, you can come to these places and you can get some being a, a warm environment. Uh, but that was only because they had power. Like the, the whole city didn't lose power, just certain blocks of it. But if the whole city lost power, that would be a big problem. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I can't imagine. That would be a nightmare. Um, you saying that made me think of a short story. Oh, and yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to find out. I'm going to have to find it. And maybe, maybe okay. that'll, maybe, <laughs> maybe that'll kick off our little book club portion Right, yeah, the the short story. Yeah, I'll I'll find it and send it to you after this. But it's a story about, you said solar flare, and I know it's completely unrelated, but it's about a a black hole that emerges near... near the earth and it, oh my gosh it's it's super interesting huh, an emerging black it. hole interesting well i can't remember how they say it. it it's some sort of he explains it in the science and astronomy behind it like it's some scatter effect okay. of something colliding or a star dying and then oh my gosh it, it was such a good oh, that's crazy story I'm, I'm gonna find it i'll send it to you completely unrelated but for some reason yeah, no, it made me think about it it's been forever since i read that but uh but yeah, uh, it, I, I can't imagine. It'd be really scary. So before we get started like officially into the thing, I want there's a short story I have that happened just last night that kind of got my heart pumping. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I work nights and I live nights. So even my days off, I just live all night just doing whatever. And yesterday, yeah, I usually stay in my apartment. <laughs> I don't bother anyone. But uh, because, and I always have my headphones on, either listening to, to my podcast or playing video games or both or Netflix or whatever. I always have my headphones on. Something on. And uh-huh. so whenever I hear noise, it really catches my attention because it's usually very quiet at night. Like I don't hear too many dogs barking. I don't hear too many cars. And so I was just doing whatever, listening. And then I suddenly hear like someone yelling. Um, Where was and this? And so I <clears throat> outside. This was like in, no, this was in, in. At first, I thought like, is this outside? Because I my uh-huh. my apartment, I have a kind of like a patio balcony thing, and I sometimes I do hear random noise outside. But I live in a very quiet neighborhood, 
Mm-hmm. So I usually don't hear things. But I, I took out my headphones and it was coming from like my hallway. Like, you know, and I don't know. I didn't know any of my neighbors. I don't know any at all. But I've seen them a few times. And it's this woman and she is just like yelling. And she's yelling someone's name like over and over um, and crying. Like just very, I don't even know how to describe it. Just like in a panic. <clears throat> and so I, I first, I'm, you know, I'm also a coward. And so I look up my little peephole. I don't see anyone because it sounds like it's really close. And I pop my head out. And I don't see anyone, but I can hear it's coming from someone's apartment, just like down the hall, like just, I would say like 10 meters away, like not even too far. And uh-huh. I'm like, you know, it's not my business. I don't know what's going on, but I'm like listening. And after like, it's just, I keep hearing, and she's getting louder and she's saying this person's name. Um, and she's like, stop it, stop it, stop it. And I'm like, oh, this is sounding really dicey. Like, I don't know what's going on. And so I like, you know, it kind of stops for a few seconds. So I close my door and I'm just kind of standing there. And then suddenly I hear, like, stop it, you're hurting me, you're hurting me. What and I'm like, world? oh, shoot, yeah, like, someone is in trouble. Like, this is really bad. And this is late at night. And so I'm probably one of the few people awake. And so I I just run into my room and I, I grab my, my pistol. And I, I don't I was going to say, in your head, you hear Aerosmith <laughs> just going, Jeremy, get your gun. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what you were thinking. Yeah, huh? like, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, this is, like, I'm, I've am i never been in a fight. I'm not in a good <laughs> fight or anything. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm worthless if I just go barging. Hey, what's going And so I, do, I don't. How's it going, I guys? Yeah, what's yeah. up? Uh-huh. <laughs> I hear you screaming for your life. Uh, you okay? Like, and then I get, I get stabbed. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I, I don't keep one. I keep one in my dresser, but I don't keep one in the chamber just in case i don't know because i'm 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 not paranoid i'm just you I have it just pussy in case. <laughs> exactly I'm yeah, I'm, a, yeah I'm, no, a, I'm just kidding i could never have one like underneath my pillow as i slept that sounds oh like no i couldn't trap. do that like, <laughs> but i try to keep one ready and so i as i'm going down the hallway i like rack the slide which is very loud i mean if people who oh, know yeah. firearms know them it's extremely loud and so when i do that someone else pops their head out um, and I'm like this random guy. I'm just like a t-shirt and jeans and I just got my, my shoes on. And so I, I, I go to this door and I can hear her. She's still yelling and I knock on the door. I'm like, hey, like what's what's going on in there? Um, and so I have it. So my hand, I would say it's behind my back, but it's like really far back. So I'm not trying to be threatening. I'm not like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm also very afraid of someone calling the cops and they see me and they just uh-huh. kill me. Like, that's definitely <laughs> like of course, uh-huh. why, why wouldn't they? Well, just donate them, Adam. <laughs> yeah, just exactly. It's just, I'm going to throw yeah. it in the ground and, uh-huh. and lay down. Yeah. Um, and this person answers the door. I'm like, hey, and she seems like she's really like freaked out. And I'm like, hey, like I hear you screaming, like you're saying someone's hurting you, right? Like I'm like, this is I'm not just being nosy. Like uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um and, and this person's like, Oh my gosh, no, like my uh my husband's having a seizure and he's just like hitting his he's kind of hurting himself. And she wasn't very clear. And so I'm just at this point, like, this is the most what? intense thing. I like my heart's pounding. My adrenaline's pumping. I'm like, hey, uh-huh. like, do you need me to call the police? Like, what do you mean? And she's like, no, no, no I don't need anyone. Like, just um, and she's not opening a door all the way. And so I'm kind of also suspicious that she was just sent to open a door. And that was and the like, first hey, thing like, she came up with that. Yeah. Yeah. World? Like, she's. And and thinking back, she was saying this person's name, and and sometimes she would say like, "Stop! Like I need you! Like don't do this!" And I'm so I was kind of really confused. Um, but at the same time, I'm like this stranger. I don't know this person, and you know. And so I asked her several times, like, "Hey, like, are you sure? Like, I I like, can I? I don't want to come in, you know. But if you need something, I could totally." You know, whatever. Well, those don't and sound like things that you would say to somebody having a seizure. Like, yeah, maybe stop or oh my gosh, you're. But yeah, you're I would say hurting the, me the, and yeah, exactly. That's the thing. But the the predominant thing she was saying was this person's name. I'm not gonna okay. say, but she uh-huh. that was like ninety percent of the time when she was yelling. That was what she was saying, and she only said you're hurting me a few times. And I okay. think that. Still, weird. I can kind of see how she's trying to yell at someone having a seizure, like, "Hey, like, you're what? What? It's going on? I don't know what's going on. Maybe she did. I don't know." And she's just panicking, and she's saying, "You're hurting me," as in, like, you, "What you're doing is hurting me." I don't. It was really weird. But again, uh-huh. you can't judge someone when they're freaking out. Like that's also a thing. You never know what you would say or do. Oh yeah. Um, but I was just, and I was like, okay, like I can call the police. I can call them. She's like, no, it's fine. And she seemed like she, and she got to the door right away. Like she seemed like she wasn't being impeded or anything. Yeah. Like she wasn't and, running away. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, 
And so I eventually just left and went back to my room. And for a, for a long time, I was thinking like, maybe I did the wrong thing. Maybe I should have gone in and checked. Maybe she was like under threat to talk to me. Was she like know. crying or did it? She did was she definitely look, crying. You can uh-huh. tell that she had been crying. Uh, like she had really red puffy eyes, but she didn't look injured. Uh, and that was the thing. Uh, she didn't look like she was in any kind of, but again, I just saw her through the door. I didn't know. Um, but she seemed like she was like positive, like oh, I'm so sorry I bothered you. Like I, I didn't know I was being so loud. I'm like, yeah, you're really yelling. Like everyone in this. These walls here. are thin. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say. Are- so how how close is she relative to your your place? She right uh, next door or down she's the hall? Right, she's, she's down the hall, but the, uh-huh. I'm I'm near the end of the hall, and she is at the end of the hall. Huh. And so there's one door between me and her, and then she's on the end of the hall. So she's pretty close. Um, huh. And that, that door that's between me and them, that was the door that opened and to see what was going on. And I was like afraid I was freaking people out. Uh, but they seemed fine. And then, and then it just stopped, you know, after a while. And so I'm, even now, I was shaking. I got back home right now, I was shaking. Like my oh hands my gosh, were shaking. Oh my gosh, I can imagine. Because this, I had never done that before. I had never, like, I, I, I was, I got out there and I, normally I wouldn't do anything. But because someone was saying that they were being hurt, I'm like, this is something really serious. Like, I oh, should yeah. investigate. And I was fully aware, like, I might, you know, I'll probably most likely what's going to happen is something weird's going on. I'll call the police or whatever, but I could possibly have to do something. And that freaked yeah. me out. So it took me a while. I like, calmed that's down. That's scary. Yeah. It was really freaky. I was like, God, like, I don't know. And so. Oh, that's funny. That, that, that kind of brings up one of my first, you know, I never, I never felt like that, but I've had a couple experiences where, you know, adrenaline is heightened. You don't know what's oh, yeah. going to happen next. Um, so when, when I first bought my, my daily carry, um, I got a Glock and I I don't know how familiar you are with Glocks, but they, they don't have like a safety button or a safety Mm -hmm. switch. The safety is on the trigger. Yeah. The safety is on the trigger. And, um, when I first showed my wife, she, she was terrified. She was like, no, I don't want a gun that doesn't have a safety. That, that is not okay. Okay. So I went to the store and intended to buy a Walther. And I, I, I rented a bunch of guns. I shot a CZ that was way out of my price range. And I know if I ever make a million dollars, I'm going to buy a CZ. But um, I I ended up just loving the Glock. And the Walther, I, I, I wanted to go with the full size. But then I was like, well, this is my first carry gun. I, I don't want to carry a full size. I don't know if I would be comfortable doing that. So... I got a Glock 48, which is a skinnier Glock with a, a longer barrel um, than, okay. than your typical small Glocks. Um, so anyways, I introduced it to her and she kind of was like, no, I'm not having this in my house and was like on the verge of being ready for me to return. I explained it. Well, the safety is you don't keep one in the in the chamber. I'm going to keep it in the holster when we take it out at night. It's going to sit in our drawer. Like there, there is no way this thing's going to accidentally go off. There are safety mechanisms. It's just not a button. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all we had before that was an old Browning 22 pistol that weighs like a million pounds. It, it, you know, it's a little, it's a, it's a pea shooter, but it it looks like a hand cannon. And so (laughs) I was like, in case anything happens, I, I think we should keep this in your drawer. And there's a safety button. We don't have to keep one in the chamber. You know, let, let's keep it in your drawer. And then um, and then COVID kind of happened. Everybody's working from home. And so one day she's working from home and the doorbell rings. And her first reaction is, get the pistol. Like, what? No, no okay. So, <laughs> you know, she, she grew up in Venezuela. Very yeah, scary yeah. circumstances. But it, it, it was just kind of funny how we, it, it kind of shifted her thoughts of, oh, I'm glad that I have a fire har- firearm here to protect me just in case I need it. Um, mm. But it, it was also kind of funny to see her immediate reaction. She was like, I got scared, so I got the gun. And then I checked the door and it was our neighbor. So, I was say, you look um, first. If they're not breaking in at the moment, but, uh, you check and then you... And then you yeah, but, but she explained to me, like, she, her adrenaline was heightened. Her, you know, her emotions. She was on this emotional high. She was nervous. And she was like, because when someone rings your doorbell in Venezuela, if you go answer it, they, they'll break in and steal all your stuff, rape you, kill oh, you, geez. whatever. Like... And so I completely understood that. I had never felt that before until about a month ago. Um, 
about a month ago at like one in the no, it was two in the morning. It was two in the morning. Um, I I had stayed up late that night. I don't remember if I was playing Xbox or something. About midnight, I took my dog out one last time for the night. Um, there were some kids like teenagers, fourteen to sixteen years old, hanging out at the the park. And uh, we're walking around and they're like yelling stuff. And I don't, I don't know what they were doing, but I walk back with my dog. Um, we get in the house. I, I go to bed. A couple hours pass. And all of a sudden, someone is just banging my doorbell like repeatedly 10 times. You know, that, that like, let's push it as fast as we can and then run away. A doorbell yeah. ditch kind of ring. Well, it woke my wife up and she freaked the fuck out. First thing she did was got get get her pistol. And then she's like, we need to call the police. And, you know, my reaction was like, okay, it's those idiot kids. They're probably going around doorbell ditching. I'm mm-hmm. not going to answer. I'm going to be awake a little while now. If somebody breaks through my glass door, uh, you, you know, may, I, I could, we can defend the home. That's fine. But her heightened emotion just really freaked me out and it got me nervous and she kept saying, we need to call the police. I'm like, no, the police aren't going to come out here if I say somebody doorbell ditched my house. Like, yeah, they're not going to. They've got bigger things to deal with. And so she was like, well, you got to go outside. And I was like, hell no, I'm not going outside. <laughs> I was like, fuck that. I'm not going outside. Yeah. So I... And she was like, you have to, you have to, or I'm going to call the police. And I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? So I, I, uh, a few months after I got my Glock, I was like, okay, this is a perfect daily carry. I was like, but I need home defense, right? So I bought, um, I don't know if you've ever seen these. It's a, it's called a CZ Scorpion. Oh yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, it's it. I, I bought the shorter version. It's not the full carbine. It's the short one. Uh, it's got mm-hmm. a pistol brace on the back, so it looks like a mini rifle. Um, and so I was like, okay, fine. I'll go outside. So I grab that, and I, I, I go downstairs in my underwear. I open the garage, and I walk out there to see if anybody could see me. I'm standing oh. in my garage. I'm just holding my scorpion, pointing it down, not doing anything. And then I go back in, I open my front door, walk out, go back in, go out my back door, walk out. I hope those kids saw me and fucking shit themselves. Yeah, because I hope so. I was <laughs> so freaking pissed. I, I was number one, I did not want to go outside. But number two, it's like, oh my gosh, my, my wife was all excited and I was just like, I don't want to deal with this. It's a freaking doorbell ditch. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've never felt that nervous of like an immediate threat or danger, like hear someone scream or something. But but that night, I, I could feel how nervous she was and how like it's just embedded in her because of experiences that she's either heard about, her family's experienced or, you know, what they've lived through that mm-hmm. uh, I could see why that would be the most terrifying situation ever. So... I don't know, man. Stuff like that's freaky. It's just that you can feel the emotion in someone else's voice and everything. And so that oh, was yeah. the thing that really got me to do something. Because normally, oh, yeah. I've heard people, not really often, but every once in a while I hear people like some people arguing, right? Some like mild domestic dispute. I'm not going to be like, hey, what's all the yelling about? Oh, yeah. Very... I heard that every night when I lived in the Bronx. Oh, exactly. Every um, night in New York. And I'm of a person that's thinks at any any you don't know what random thing could get you into a whole lot of trouble i'm that kind of person i'm always really afraid that if even i say you're doing anything wrong i could end up it could ruin my life like something I, could I be very, held against you yeah exactly I'm no so, matter like, what your my, intention no matter what it is so i'm like my, my main priority is like i'm you know, protecting myself. I'm keeping out of anyone's business. I, I, I don't care. You know, so my thing. And that's not like a selfish mindset or anything. No, that's not that's at all. like true. We everybody should be doing this. Yes. Um and but yeah, it was just something that in their voice. It was like panic in their voice and you know, just like yeah, like you said, like it was just something emotional in them that is suddenly imbuing you with nervousness or just like something is happening right like something uh-huh. really bad might be happening so i yeah it was just like this like heightened emotional state i'm like like i didn't cry uh but if i felt like i needed to i would have but i just sat down like okay i need to sit down and just breathe deep and calm down because yeah, i'm like calm literally shaking uh just <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's freaky um 
I when I was in high school, I had I wouldn't say anything near that, but one time I I went to my friend's house and he lived just down the street, and so I was like doo and then my mother texted me like, hey, I'm going out, I'll be back, you know, at this time, like okay, and so that means that sh- the house is going to be empty. Uh-huh. And normally when everyone in my home family leaves the home, they leave like two lights on, like the kitchen light and the front porch light. You know, we leave it on all night. Uh-huh. And so I got home around like 10 p.m. And I was like, okay, it's probably going to be anything. And so but when I walked in, one thing, my front door was unlocked, which is not crazy, but it's not common. Almost always we lock the front door when we're leaving. Oh, and I don't every, like this. <laughs> and every single light in my house was on, like Every like the basement lights were on, every bedroom light was on, and I was like, "Hey, is anyone here?" And like no one answers. I'm like, "Someone has been in here." Like because we don't do this, we don't leave all the lights on. If I, sometimes we accidentally leave all the lights off, like that's what happens sometimes. Uh huh. And so I was like, I I just went outside and I called my my older brother and I'm like, "Hey, like you need to come here with someone because I feel like something weird's going on." And to make a long story short, we like checked everything and nothing was there. What what ended up happening was uh, one of my cousins had came in to grab something and like a dingus he left every single light on left everything left. on and, and the I'm door like, you dummy yeah because he he didn't know he's like oh it's fine i'm like oh they freaked me uh-huh. out but yeah i'm just like oh but it scared me right it's just you enter this place like this something's wrong like something is i'm in danger that's that's uh, crazy it it you know okay I, I i don't know how to describe this but when i when i was a kid like six or seven I had this recurring nightmare. So my dad and uh, my dad and mom designed their first home. Um, it was a bigger home, had an upstairs, downstairs. Downstairs was kind of like the theater room that I'd go down to play there. That's where the Nintendo 64 was, like the all that. The theater right? room. Yes, yeah. Right by the powder room. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> yes, because that's the kind of home it was. Um, so I, I was always nervous going downstairs um, so I'd bring the dog with me. I'd bring my dog Maxie downstairs with me. I'd lock her down there the whole time. She'd be scratching at the door to go back up, but I'd be like, no, shut up dog. I want to play Nintendo 64. Like I'm scared. You have to be here with me. She didn't want to be there with you. She was scared too. No. Yes. It was a freaky basement. And you know, there's some messed up stories of my grandpa. Cause it used to be. Uh, an office um, for my dad's business when it first started out. So my grandpa would work down there and he'd be like, oh yeah, sometimes I'd come down here and I'd feel the spirit of my father. Oh, and I, no. it's, you know, it really no, messed no, no, me no. up as a kid. I hated it. <sighs> um, so anyways, I, um, yeah, I'd always bring the dog down there. And so we had like a box elder problem where, you know, the little box elder bugs would kind of get in and it, it was concrete. It was unfinished in some places and um, they would scare the hell out of me. I, I hate, bo- uh, to this day, I hate box elder bugs. Um, uh, what are, sorry, what are box elder bugs? Oh, um, dude, how, okay, how do I ex- describe them? Hold on, box elder bugs. They like Let beetles? Me, yeah, they look like mini beetles. Um, they... They're very common. They're black. They got little red lines around them. I don't know if you can look up a picture. Yeah, let me, yeah, um, let me look it up right now. They seem to just exist. They have no purpose. They don't, well, I, I don't know. They don't, they don't bite you. They don't do anything. They kind of just oh, breed. I, yeah, and I've then, seen these before. No, I haven't seen these in Utah, though. That's interesting. Oh, really? I, I feel like that's the freaking most common thing I see here. They're, they're at my office. They're like when I go to the university football games they're at the university uh, all, all over the place i feel like i see them um anyways i'd pick up my game controller and they'd scatter from under it they're not like cockroaches Ugh, they're not like cockroaches they don't colonize and are disgusting or anything they they just like come in when it's hot or cold oh, and then they leave i, I don't, don't like bugs at all like, no i hate <laughs> bugs i think that brought on my fear of bugs but anyways i just always felt weird in this basement and my dog like in our game closet a little mouse had gotten into our home and the dog killed the mouse in there and then i was had this horrific i was terrified of mice and like beetles and like (laughs) i'm like why can't we just have the nintendo upstairs and that was just like not (laughs) allowed at my house everything um so anyways i remember going down there you know i'm making a long story longer but here's the point (laughs) i remember going down there and I would do this often in the morning that I would start to dream of it. I would start to have these dreams where I'd be downstairs playing. And when I go down there, 
somebody would be there. And oh and there's gosh. just this this woman and it's really bizarre, but it was this older Hispanic woman and I can still see her face today and I'll tell you why in a second. And I remember seeing her and she's just looking at me and I'm screaming for my mother. And I, I'm like six or seven. I'm screaming for my mother and nobody comes. And I feel like the dream is never ending. And this is a recurring <laughs> thing that happened when I was a kid. Jeez. So like... Three months of this dream happening. I can no longer play downstairs. I can't go down with my dog. We hire a um, a cleaning service to come clean our house once a month because my, my, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. I'm like getting so nervous. Um, <laughs> my, my mom started working more for my dad, doing like accounting stuff and bookkeeping for his business. So she had less time at home. So they hired a, a, a maid to come once a month to do like a real deep clean. The maid was this person that I was seeing in my dreams. Oh, okay. Before I had met her. Uh, before I had seen her. It was terrifying, dude. So my little seven-year-old brain was like exploding with terror of this is the woman haunting me. And it, it was horrific. I, I remember being so freaking scared back then. Um, yeah, her name was Leda. We called her Leda the Maida. <laughs> like that, that, that's actually what made me like feel more comfortable with Leda her coming over to the house. That's was, so funny. Yeah, we had to give her a nickname, but... I, I don't know. I, I feel like sporadically throughout my life, I have had night terrors um, where I, ju- I just wake up thinking things are real and in a panic. Um, not like a nightmare, but like an actual terror. Like it gives me anxiety for hours afterwards. Um, it happened again shortly after I got married. Um, <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> we went off to a cabin and um, we'd be in the cabin and I would hear somebody break into the cabin. And I don't like horror movies. I don't like cabin in the woods movies. You know what I mean? I don't like horror movies either. I get scared so easily. No, I, I hate it. And then like I can't sleep for days. Movies. I can't sleep forever. Um, so anyways, the, in, in this cabin, I, I would hear somebody break in. So what I would do is I would flip on the light and I would see them standing in the doorway. And it's this like... Almost like Jack the Pumpkin King figure looking thing with this horrific face. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like just, you know, lurpy thing. And then he would turn off the light from his end on a switch and I'd turn it back on and he'd have a shotgun oh. and he'd shoot my wife and I'd what? freak out. And then I would turn off the light and then somebody else was in the room and they'd turn on the light and he'd shoot them with the shotgun and then the light would go off and I would freak out and I'd get this panic mode of don't turn on the light. He's going to fucking kill us all. And I would wake up screaming, freaking out. And so my wife would run and she'd turn on the light and I'd be like, don't turn on the fucking light. And she, she seriously thought that I needed like a therapist to get this thing out of me because it was recurring. It happened three or four times. Dude, I... Oh, dreams mess with me, man. I swear I have, like, sporadic night terrors. I don't know what well, the deal is, yeah. but... That's wild. I don't know. Sorry, sorry to go <laughs> yeah. on so long, but, man, I think those <laughs> those are the moments when I felt the most terror. I don't, I don't think I've ever felt, like, an immediate threat or danger. Um, it's just been things that seem to, like, kind of haunt me. Like dreams and thinking I hear things or see things. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, can, I can't imagine a neighbor screaming, don't hurt me, in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, that was, uh, I mean, and it, it's like, it's a it's a different thing because I don't feel like I'm in immediate danger. But then I, I need to go and I'm going to probably put myself into danger. Which oh, is, yeah. And I wasn't like thinking. I wasn't like, oh, no, like I'm going to, you know, I'll, but I was aware of it. Like, this could totally happen. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a cowardly person. I'm not the person that says like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm a, I protect people and you're I'm, not I'm running like, no, into I'm, burning buildings. No, <laughs> you're like, that's uh, why not, I pay for firefighters, man. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the exception to that is my family, like my uh-huh. family, um, like my siblings and my parents, they're people who I'm, I'd be willing to like really stick my neck out for and like 
literally risk my life for but for everyone else like no i don't care about them oh yeah you can all Uh, burn yeah (laughs) yeah exactly i'm like yeah i'll help you if i can i'm not gonna be a dick about it but if it means you know literally putting my life in danger i'm like probably not no i get you man i don't know and i feel like there's gonna be very few instances where that's even possible but man when they arise you know you, you think you know what you're going to do, but you, yes. you have no idea. Fear is an incredible thing. God, I, I don't know. I've, 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 studied, yeah, and I've studied into fear and what it can make people do and make people feel and how we believe we are one way, but then when things actually arise and experiments that people do, it's like that. It, that is not how we react. Um, exactly. And, and that's the one thing I'm really, I truly think is like we don't, we literally don't know how we're going to react until it happens. Like you can rehearse it in your mind. You can be trained a certain way. You can tell yourself, oh, I'm going to be this kind of person. But it's not up to you. Uh, that's what I, It's not up to yeah, you. Not it's up at to all. how you're wired. And when something really starts freaking out, you you react. And that's why I said when someone's panicking, I never judge someone by what they say or do or whatever when they're panicking because you, it's it's panic. Like panic is literally you're just reacting. Oh yeah, um, and, your your brain so, is not processing things correctly. Like yes, it 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 is no longer you. Um, like there's, I I like I I listen to a lot of uh, like true crime podcasts and things like that. Uh-huh. And a lot of them they have like these nine one one calls, and sometimes they're like, "This call is a little suspicious." You're like, "Yeah, it's kind of suspicious," but this person just found their wife's dead body. You know, they're not gonna act like a normal person. Uh-huh. Like they might say things or or even, you know, indicate things that aren't true because they're just, you know, like I like I there's been a few times where I called 911 in my life. But almost every time I do, I like talk to the person. And then once the police arrive, I don't hang up. I just talk to them. And then I realize, oh, shoot, I'm still on the line with this 911 operator. And they hung up like 20 minutes ago. But I completely forgot. Like, I'm just like, oh, this poor guy was probably trying to talk to me. And I just huh. ignored them because, yeah, because your mind just gets into this mode. Oh, shoot. Uh, but, yeah, I just, it's really hard for me to, to put myself in a position where, like, pure terror, like, actual threat is really, it's really scary. And I don't want to experience oh, yeah. it. I don't, I don't no, like it. No, <laughs> I, I hope I never experience it. You know what? It's funny. Ever since we started doing this and you and I kind of reconnected and started talking more, um, I've gotten heavily into documentaries and stuff. Um, oh, they're so good. Stu- stuff that you've them. recommended on Netflix that's led me to other stuff. There's one that I actually discovered. It's not really a documentary, but it's a um, uh, somebody who analyzes uh, police investigation tactics or oh, police yes. interrogation tactics. Interrogation and, uh, tactics. May- maybe yes. you've heard of him. His it's a, uh, I think it's JCS Criminal Psychology. Um, I don't think I have, no. Let me see. Let me make sure that's the right name. Okay. Yeah. So this, uh, yeah, it's called JCS Criminal Psychology. Uh, one day I was like, I, I need something to listen to on my drive home. I don't have a podcast. I don't have an audiobook. I, I just need to find something. I open up YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that pops up. And it's this oh. uh, young Vietnamese girl. She's probably 20, 21, uh, that allegedly called a hit on her parents. And I was like, okay, this seems interesting. And I look at it, it's like an hour and 40 minutes long. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I've got like a 15-minute drive home. I'll listen to it in parts. I got so obsessed with it. I I had to stop what I was doing for the evening and just watch this thing. And it talked about police tactics and her responses and her fake emotions and when she's being genuine and when she's not and how if you ask somebody, you know, give, give me details, if they're seriously in that panic mode or shock, they're not going to remember details. They're yeah. not going to feel these things. And then she goes through and she's like, well, I had eggs for breakfast at 9.05. I brushed my teeth. And like, you know, not like that, but that's like the kind of detail yeah, like, she gets into. Like, and so now I've watched, there's like 15 videos on there. They're all like an hour long. I've watched all of them. And now all I can think is like, if my neighbor is murdered and the police come to in- interrogate me, I'm going to be freaking out the whole time thinking I'm saying something that implicates me. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, but it is, it is so interesting because he talks about their tactics, but more so he talks about people's reactions to these tactics. So it, it's incredible okay. to see the psychology behind it. Yeah, I that's one thing too. I am very afraid of police 
accusing me of something I didn't do. Like that is, if I had to list the things police that are not probably, police. That's terrifying. Like yeah, like I if you had if I had to list the things that could ruin my life at any given moment, that would be like number one or number two. Like number one would be like I get cancer or something like which is you know, but number uh-huh. two is like if you get accused of something and because by listening to crime and I think like growing up I had an immense amount of respect for police officers and detectives and I still do for the most part. Uh huh. But so many of these are because they're human. A lot of times they'll kind of zero in on a sub on a suspect and if they think the person's it, they're gonna do their best to basically find evidence to to make sure that it you. is. Yeah. Uh huh. And, and, and they'll, I mean, and they'll, they'll, they'll say things and do things like they can lie to you, which is fine. I believe that they should be able to lie, but a lot of people they have these misconceptions like, oh, please can't lie to you or whatever, and they can, or they'll say things like, oh, like if you do this, it makes you look real guilty. Like there, it's there are a lot of manipulation like tactics, and they work. Like if you're guilty, they work extremely well to getting confessions and getting things. But if you're not guilty, it is. It can be very easy to give a false confession to even like a horrible crime uh, because of these tactics sometimes. And it's just, yeah, it freaks me out. If I'm ever implicated in anything, they come talk to me and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to talk to you. And if I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to get a lawyer. Like yeah. I'm not going to say anything. Like that's my number one thing. And I don't you, care and you know what your lawyer's going to tell you? <laughs> your lawyer's going to say, don't talk to him. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I, it's That's so funny you're bringing this up because just this week I listened to a conference where this guy titles his conference. I, it was at some university. He titles it, don't talk to the police. And he goes mm. on to explain like, you know, your Miranda rights. Um, they say you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can be used against you in a court of law. They don't say anything you say may or may not help you. It's whatever you say they're going to use against you. So yeah, I I agree. I have great respect for police officers and I, I think that there's, there's some bad ones out there. There's some coercion stories out there and you know, I don't think that it's as predominant or, um, you know, I don't think it's the majority, but those are the stories that stick. So when one of them messes up, that that's what gets on the news. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But um, it, it's interesting to think talking to the police. There's nothing you can say to them that would help you. Like if if you Essentially, if yeah. you if you make up, it's there. If if you mess up, if you say something that's different than the first time you said it, it it's something they hold against you, and then you're uh-huh. you're liable for it. You're. I don't know. It's interesting. It was a really cool conference. Yeah. Like, and that's the, yeah, that's exactly it. And it's, it's scary, right? Because it's kind of like they have this thing of authority and they, they're more likely to be believed over you because they're officers. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, but they're still people like they can make mistakes. Oh, yeah. They can act, you mm-hmm. know, they can do all these things. And yeah, um, it's really hard to, I, I used to be very like, oh, you know, you should cooperate. Like, unless it's someone or something happened to me or someone I care about, if I feel like I can literally help someone I know, that's when I'll be like, okay, let me tell you some information. But if it's something, even if I was there, if I went to something, like, you know what, I'm not getting involved. Like, this is not, not like, yeah, I don't care because it's 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 a risk I'm taking just by talking to you. I just sent you a video. Uh, it's one of my. Oh, okay. Uh, it's oh. called. It's it's by these people. They're called Pot Brothers at Law. I think they're from California, but they're like there's there's weed smoking lawyers. Um, and <laughs> what? It, it remind. Well, because it's legal there, but it reminds uh. me of like better better call Saul, like that kind of lawyering. They're just like really no nonsense, uh, kind of lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Shut the Fuck Up Friday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's one of my favorite little videos. From is is like that their long. that that their message to anybody who's being interrogated by the police? Oh, Shut 100%. the fuck yeah. up! Exactly, that's a hundred percent. That's hilarious. Uh, it's true. You know, people don't really realize, uh, or even if you're getting pulled over for like a traffic thing, uh, normally. The, the officer's like, "Oh, do you know what I stopped you for?" And it's very small, but that's like a slight self-incriminating thing they oh yeah because if you say anything you're that's mm-hmm. your own testimony against you 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, and so no matter, even if you were going 100 in a 50 mile per hour zone, you say, I don't know. Like, you tell <laughs> yeah, me, right? Like, absolutely. You tell me. I just uh, ran into could, a freaking signpost. I don't know what I did. Yeah, yeah. Because it could be that like, oh yeah, like your brake light's broken. But if you say, I think I was speeding, they're like, shoot. Like, you dummy. Oh, like, you, <laughs> you were, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah exactly. You were I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but yeah, and, and I think it's a part of human psychology. I feel like it's not because I think there's two things going on with police officers. And I, again, I have respect for police officers. I feel like for the most part, they're doing great. Uh, but I feel like they and this is happening to police officers, but like U.S. attorneys and prosecutors, too. They can kind of get this tunnel vision where if they think something's going on, they will just zero in on something, even if it's not the case. Oh, yeah. And. Uh, you see this a lot in court proceedings where even if there's evidence that doesn't fit their narrative, they will still go ahead and try to make it fit, which seems crazy to me. Like, I couldn't believe that was a thing until I saw it. Uh, where they were, I mean, because by law, they have to tell, show all the evidence. Um, but if they find something, sometimes they'll be like, mm, I don't really care, even if it almost blatantly disproves their theory. They can still kind of go with it. And these are more prosecutors. Um, yeah police officers but i definitely i think it's because one people who are mentally or maybe you should say they have the desire or willingness to become a police officer they have certain motivations and certain personality traits that brings this out you know it, it has something to do with i like to be in position of authority i like protecting people i like you know a law or whatever it is like this combination of things and they're like, therefore, I would like to be a police officer. Uh-huh. And I feel like that combination of things can also include, and because I'm a person in authority and because I'm human and blah, blah, I think I'm right most of the time. And therefore, I trust my instinct over what I can see. Uh-huh. And that's and that's that's the result of it is that they will they can feel something is wrong even though there's no evidence that's that's true uh-huh. and if they're almost wrong, like create no their way... own narrative or or push it to match what they're thinking exactly uh-huh. um and i i think for the most part or maybe i don't know how much i think but like it, some part of it is not conscious like it's subconscious you know i don't think that they're maliciously trying uh-huh. but i feel like a cell small part of it is conscious you know they, they have to be aware of what's going on mm-hmm and I guess the second part of that is also uh, in the culture. Once you're an officer, you're not an officer in a vacuum. You're surrounded by other people uh, who have been doing a job for many years or even a few years or whatever. And so you also are absorbed in this culture. Uh-huh. That Okay, even if you weren't that way before, you might suddenly be like, well, this is how the job is done. Boom, boom, boom. And then suddenly you adopt the habits, the good and bad, of the people who are you're around. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's really It's really tough. It's. I tried my best to be quiet and stay small in my little apartment. Yeah. Don't say. I, don't I, make any noises. You know. Don't freak I, anyone out. <laughs> I don't speed. I try to do everything oh, yeah. I can to not be stopped. I I did get stopped for speeding once, and I was so mad, but I admitted my guilt and moved on. Uh, it it's it's funny because as you were talking about that about getting stopped by a police officer and him saying, "Do you know why I stopped you?" or if he says, do you know how fast you were going or something uh-huh, to try and yeah. get a response that implicates you? Um, it's funny. I watched this um, this guy on YouTube. His name's Donut Operator. Um, he's pretty famous. <laughs> he does. Uh, he's a retired police officer. He t- retired early from the force and opened his own uh, skate shop and now does like police shootings and interrogation and analysis and stuff on YouTube. And he oh, wow. says that the number one mistake people make is um, not doing what officers say. So like if an officer asks you to step out of your vehicle, step out of your vehicle. If it's not lawful, you're going to get a whole bunch of money from the state when you sue them afterwards. And so he goes, if an officer tells me to get out of my vehicle, take off all my clothes and spread my cheeks, (laughs) I'm going to do it because I know I just got a million dollars. Like, (laughs) so ever since he said that, I'm like, oh man, I hope some bad officer pulls me over <laughs> now and I just yeah, comply a, with everything he says. Um, yeah, I, I am one of those people, you can see me doing like being obstinate to police officers. I don't want to incur the wrath of any officer in my oh, life. Oh, no. And so, yeah, if they Why tell would I want to aggravate anybody like that? Yeah. 
No, no, no way. If you, if they tell me to do something, even if I 100% know it's not good for me or they, they're not quote unquote allowed to do it, I'm going to do it. Like I'm oh, not a person yeah. <laughs> that's like, oh yeah, you should like, question authority and you know, you know, you state your rights. Like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. That's dumb because you're going to get in trouble and the end result's going to be the same. But what you said is perfectly right. If they are breaking a the law, then they can get in trouble later. Not right oh, yeah. now, later. No, no, like, that's like, something you deal with. You get a lawyer, you deal with, and then you make a bunch of money on. in about six months. So, yeah. yeah. But, but I agree completely. If it's in the moment, you do whatever they say, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, least of which, because they can totally kill you, right? Like it's happened. Like they can oh, yeah. straight up shoot you and kill oh, yeah. you. If they've they, they've if got all the tools wrong. necessary. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. It's interesting. I really haven't... <laughs> I say that and then I just think of something. I was going to say, I haven't had much experience with police officers and the law. You know, I I, I keep to myself and I don't do anything illegal. Let's just say that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was this one time. Okay. <laughs> um, when, when I was like 14 years old. So, I, you know, I was going to get into this today. I, I might have even shared this story because I, you know, kind of grew up in construction and my, my dad's business and... I don't know. I, I, there's definitely not time to get through it all today, so maybe I won't even start. But um, my dad has a construction yard. Um, and at this yard, we store scaffolding and block and masonry equipment and all sorts of stuff, right? Um, perfect area for an airsoft war, right? Ooh, the, pers- yeah. Perfect area to get airsoft guns and just shoot each other. So anyways, it's like 7 o'clock at night. It's me and like six of my friends. We're all running around shooting each other. And at the lot that we rent, there's a tow truck company in the back. This is when I'm like 14. So this is over over 10 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. There's this lot at the back. And um, uh, that this tow truck company rents. And so they come pulling in and they see us all gillied up with guns and camo and run yeah. around and I, I immediately was like, oh shit. And I, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go talk to them. So I I run up. I don't have a gun. I run up and I'm like, hey, I'm uh, I'm Joe's son. I'm the owner's son of this portion. We're just playing an airsoft game. And the dude looked at me and he didn't say anything. And he just like looked me up and down, looked at all my friends and he's like, all right. And it, it was like, <laughs> What the hell is he about to do? He pulled to yeah. the back where like his little garage is. And then his buddy came flying in like 10 minutes later. and was like, what the fuck are you kids doing here? What are you doing? And I go up. I was like, well, I'm Joe's son. I'm the owner's son. We were just playing a little airsoft game. Um, yeah. And he's like, I've got my employee calling me saying a bunch of people are shooting guns at each other. Da, da, da. You know, he was like yeah, pissed. Yeah. No and I was like, uh, I was I like, oh, well, yeah, no, that wasn't. Yeah, no, sorry. Uh, I think he overreacted. And he looked at me and he goes, okay, I figured it might be something like this. Expect the police to show up. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, was, uh, I, was, I was so mad. And so I was like, okay, guys, everybody, go put your guns over Let's on the table. We're, we're going to yeah. put all oh, the guns really? over there. You're, I I'm, would be running. <laughs> well, I was like, I'm calling my dad. He's going to come get us. We're, we're getting out of here. So I was like, I just wanted us all to be a far, as far away from the guns as possible. And one of yes. my friends who is extremely anti-police is like, we're all going to oh, die. No. We're all going to fucking die. They're going to come here. They're going to execute us. <laughs> he was like a couple <laughs> years older than us too. A little and extreme. So, well, so <laughs> he was a couple years older than us too. So he's going around to all my other younger, more gullible friends and freaking them out. And I'm freaking like, them dude, out. just yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up. We're not going to die. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, my dad almost got killed by police. They beat him up and i was like well i don't know what your dad did but we're not gonna die <laughs> i don't so know what your dad we, did. <laughs> we, we are not gonna die so I, I get everybody to put their guns up and one of my friends comes up and he's like dude what if they think our guns are real they're gonna shoot us and i'm like they're not gonna shoot us okay they're not gonna shoot us and he was like well we were test firing against that trailer and it sounded as real as real bullets and i was like you have never shot a real gun yeah. they, there is nothing airsoft like. can do that would remotely sound <laughs> close to being like a real gun and um so everybody's just panicking right and so 
It gets darker, like 20 minutes past. I don't know where the hell my dad is to come pick us all up. And uh, we see this police car come down. And this police car comes pulling down. And um, they stop at the end of our driveway. It's a gated yard. So outside this gate, there's this long driveway that kind of turns right to come down the complex where we are. They park like way down, like um, in the complex. So far away from our gated office area, right? And um, they come walking down and there's just two of them. And one of them's like flashing a flashlight at us. And I, I like wave. I'm like, hey, officers. And like, you know, I try to make the first contact. Yeah, and one of, one of them's <laughs> just walking and it's getting darker. And they get around the gate where there's this big travel trailer that my dad has for like when people go out of town, they'll take it uh, to out of town projects. They get mm-hmm. around this gate and they disappear behind this trailer and they don't come around the side. So I like move to start walking over there to see if I see them. Outpour 15 armed officers with MP5s and shotguns and rifles all pointed at us, shouting at us to get on the ground. No way. I, what? I, I was scared shitless. They came out of nowhere, dude. They came out of literally nowhere. We saw the two walking up and then all of a sudden my buddies are on the ground. The, the older one's crying, thinking he's about to die. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so like we're all laying on the ground with our hands behind our head and they're like talking to us and I, they didn't say this, but they're they're like trying to figure out which one of us was the ringleader. You know what I mean? Quote unquote. Oh my God. And so I was man. like, I guess that's me. So I get up and I go talk to him and they're like, how did you get here? Did you break into here? What are you doing here? I was like, my dad is the owner or the renter of this portion of the property. Uh, we got permission to do this. Um, those are all airsoft guns on the table. And he's like, what are you doing with all those guns? I was like, they're just airsoft guns. And he's like, I don't give a shit. And I was like, well, you fucking asked what they were. Like, yeah, what, you, what, yeah. <laughs> what's your problem? And if when he, okay, and, and I didn't say that to him, but as soon as yeah, he was like, course. I don't give a shit. I was like, dude, it's been a long time since my mother's sworn at me. Like other than that, I haven't been sworn at. So this officer swearing at me was like kind of freaking me out. And, uh, I'm uh, I'm like, they're like, where's the key to the gate? We think you broke in. So prove to us that you have a key to the gate. And so I was like, it should be on the table with the guns. They're looking for like 20 minutes and my stupid dad is still not like shown up to oh like come gosh. rescue us from this situation. And so I'm dumb. I've got like, they wanted us to keep our hands uh, like on our head and I'm sitting on the ground. I'm in jeans because, you know, airsoft freaking hurts. So I'm wearing jeans in case I get hit in the mm-hmm. legs. Oh, I yeah, look down. The freaking key's in my pocket. So the officer's been looking for the keys for 20, 25 minutes over at the table. They're all pissed at me because they can't find the keys. And I'm like, uh, it's in my pocket. So one of, the, one of the officers comes up and he's got his shotgun and he goes, don't reach for anything else. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So yeah. I, I reach into my pocket. I pull out the key. And on the key, there's a little Nutella bottle, like keychain, that my dad has had forever. And so I give him the key, and the officers are like, what's in the Nutella bottle? And I'm like, I don't know. It's a piece of plastic. Yeah. They they spent like 20 minutes trying to open this little Nutella bottle. I don't know if they thought I had drug, drugs or something yeah, in it. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> finally, my dad shows up, and he's an idiot, and he's like... Uh, can you handcuff Morgan just to make make it fun? And I, and they're like, no, we can't, we can't do that. I'm like, oh, you're such a dick, Dad. Yeah. And so gosh. finally, it's like an hour into this whole thing, my buddies are picking up their stuff. We're all packing up and leaving and going to dinner. And my buddy that's older, that's like totally anti cop, at dinner, he's like, I told you our lives were in danger, and we're like, nothing happened. It was just freaky as hell. But uh, I don't know, I man. Mean, it, it was scary. Like, it was terrifying. I don't like... Yeah, that's the thing. I don't like... Like, I understand if you get a call like, hey, there's a, one thing that tow drug driver is an absolute idiot. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, if anything, you you can see what's going on, right? Like, no one's... Oh, yeah. Who's, what kind of kids are like, let's have a, a, a gang battle, right? Like, in broad daylight. <laughs> let's all get together and have a gang <laughs> Which, war. Yeah, yeah, a gang war in this conjunction site. 
Um, Out in the open uh, in this yard. Because what happens is if you make a phone call and you there are certain things you can say that will warrant like a SWAT-like response. And one thing is like multiple people, multiple armed people kids with are guns. in this place. Yes. And basically, or, or even not even uh-huh. kids, but just anyone. Yeah, anyone, anyone you know. with guns. Anyone you know. with guns. And they're not going to send someone to be like, oh, hey, what's up? They're going to send like an entire crew of people because they don't know. All they get is a phone call. And... If if you guys were holding something, if one of you guys, there's a terrifying video online about this uh, this guy who he someone he was he and his wife were in his motel room or hotel room and they were having this argument and someone called the police and someone said I think I saw him have a gun uh, and so this couple had been drinking all night and so when the cops come they pretty much they knock on the door they say like don't come out like we were you know they're in full gear they have like ar-15s pointed at it uh-huh and they say like we're giving you very specific instructions you're going to come out one at a time and on you like crawling on your hands and knees and until you get to us and so like the woman comes out and she does it and the guy he's like on there and he like he doesn't have a belt on his pants and she's pulling up his pants and they aim at him and he's like oh he looks, my he's super gosh drunk and they said, like, hey, like, if you reach for your pants again, I'm going to shoot you. And so he crawls a few more steps, and it happens again, and they shoot him, and they kill him. Oh, my gosh. And, he, and there were, there were, he didn't was armed. He didn't have any. There was nothing in the apartment. They were never armed at all. Because somebody and, said that they thought he had a gun. Exactly. Exactly. It's the, the person who calls the police. You don't know what they told him. Oh, yeah. I have an experience within my own family, but I'm not going to share it because it's kind of personal. Uh-huh. Uh, but, a similar, but a similar thing happened. Someone called and they said, like, we think he has something and it freaked the police out. And so, it was oh, like, yeah, that really sucks. Well, I can't imagine so, being a police officer and getting that call, like knowing you're about to go exactly. into danger, too. So I understand from their perspective. Um, but I also feel like, like, again, like when he asks you, like, what are those things? You're like, airsoft, like, I don't give a shit. Like, what kind of. Like they're on this power trip, right? They're just like, oh, oh yeah. I want to, like, I'm the guy they in charge. Ex- You're like, it's what? expressing dominance. It's yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what kind of like caveman garbage is this? You know? Yeah. If 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 that was in a situation, uh, as soon as they said something, I'd be like, I want to talk to a lawyer. I'm not going to talk to you, right? I don't care if you you arrest me and put me. Yeah, uh, I don't know if my 14 year old brain would have known to <laughs> say I'm a lawyer. Of course, you you were really young. Yeah, you uh-huh. were really young. Yeah. Um, um, but, but you know, it, the, yeah. the funniest yeah. thing about that whole experience was I look over my shoulder and there's police officers holding my M4. I bought a pretty expensive M4 and they're like smiling and they're like, yeah, look at this. Like they're taking pictures <laughs> with each other. Like they're analyzing the guns, making sure none of them are real. And they're like holding my M4 and they're like, oh, this is badass. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's an airsoft gun. It's <laughs> so, so funny, it's, but. Yeah. yeah, if, just, yeah, if nothing it's... else, that that was number one, the most memorable airsoft experience I ever had. Jeez. But uh, number two, it's been a good story to tell over the years. Uh, I I have looked down the barrel of shotguns. Like, oh, dude, that really I have sucks. Been, that been really, that. really sucks. Yeah. That's oh. where your nightmares came from, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's where my little Slenderman Jack the Pumpkin King with yeah, the shotgun shotguns at people. From. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's scary as hell. I blame the police. I blame the police. Uh, I when ever since I heard about these things, like in when I was like 15, 16, I, I used to get a lot of airsoft guns, but my younger brother used to be into airsoft. And I bought him an airsoft gun, but I made sure like it was clear plastic. I'm like, if you're going to buy one of these things, it's not going to be black. Like 100% no, because and I don't want to stay in the house. Think. You do not take it to a park. You yeah, you don't, yeah. You don't uh-huh. gallivant around the neighborhood. You, know, you don't put it in it your around. pants. <laughs> yeah. Don't take it to school. Uh-huh. Like, don't ever like. And I told him like, hey, just so you know, if you take this anywhere, you're risking your life. Like, and I was uh-huh. very clear. Like, I'm not going to pull any like, oh, you know, like any. This isn't a Disney movie. And that's what I love. This is about, no longer uh, a simple toy. Like this looks. Yeah, I remember real. the uh-huh. the scene in Incredibles. Have you seen the movie Incredibles? Yeah, one of my favorites. Um, when they're the mom, or the, they're on the island, and the mom's like, "You know those car, those bad guys in the cartoons? Like these guys aren't like those guys. They will kill you if they uh-huh. find you." Yeah, and it was like, yeah, that's why I told them like, this isn't a movie. Like if cops see you with that, I don't. They don't care if you're ten. They're gonna kill you. Like, yeah, it's, it's serious. Like. <laughs> So, oh, oh, yeah, don't, uh, I get freaked out. 
In fact, yeah. even when I got back to my apartment, I was scared that someone was going to call the police and tell them that I had like was in the that, hallway with a gun. That you had the gun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Exactly. I was um, so scared. I was just like sitting in my apartment. Like, hopefully, I made sure that no one saw me what apartment I went into. But, uh-huh. You but, said yeah, somebody peeked just, out, right? Somebody actually yeah. did see you, but they didn't yeah, see yeah, you. Yeah, it, it was my... It was my next door neighbor, and I don't think uh-huh. they saw where I came from, but they totally saw that I was holding, you know, a uh-huh. handgun. Um, huh. And I think I think they closed the door, pissed themselves a little. <laughs> yeah, because uh-huh. if I just looked out my door and there's a guy with a gun going down the hall, I'd be like, but "Oh, threw- police!" <laughs> yeah, exactly, hundred percent, one hundred percent. But I think they also saw me. They were, I think, they poked their head out because they heard the screaming because they were closer than I am than I was. So uh-huh. I think that's why. That's why they uh, were looking so I, out too. But I didn't like look behind me like, hey, you're watching this? I don't know. I'm pretty sure they saw me, what I was doing. But still, uh-huh. like you never know. Again, you yeah. never know when someone calls the police and you don't know what they tell them and boom, you're you're it. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Dude, uh, I think we need to explore fear in a future episode. <laughs> oh, fear. Oh, man. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, this was good. Completely unexpected. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where this. Came. I think I started it. Uh, <laughs> you did, but hey, it was it was a good, good, good tangent. Really entertaining. 